And Joseph Stanley here with Rooted 2-7, a podcast ministry of Red House Baptist Church. We have Shama Loredan behind the camera who's doing much of our production, and uh, we're glad that you are listening in today. Uh, this may be your first time, so you may say, what does Root at 2-7 stand for? What does that mean? And uh, it comes from Colossians 2-7, which uh, says, uh, speaks of us becoming Christians who are rooted and built up in Jesus Christ so that we become established in the faith. So our desire here is for you to become more rooted and established in your faith, so you, for you to learn more about Jesus Christ, and so that you can flourish and grow in Him. Because we definitely need to be becoming more mature in our faith, learning more about God, learning more from the Bible, and seeing ways that we can improve our lives and our ministries and our, our Christian lives for the glory of God, uh, not for our own. So today I'm excited uh, that we have a special guest. We have Jarrett Isaacs, and he is joining us today. Yeah, glad and, to be here. And we are going to uh, be covering a different topics, dealing with young people, college students. And I think it's something beneficial uh, for all Christians to listen to, to be aware of, uh, to hear what experiences young people are having today and why so many young people seem to be leaving the church are not interested in Christianity. So uh, we're going to talk to Jared today and learn a little bit more about him. But you're, uh, you're a college student, is that correct? Yes, sir, at EKU. And you go to EKU, yes. and what year are you in? Uh, I'm a junior right junior. now. Yeah, and my, my major is business management. Yeah. So um, you've been coming to Red House a long time, correct? Yes, ever since fifth grade. Tell us, take us a little bit back and tell us a little bit about your testimony, how you became a Christian, and uh, just some of your time here at Red House. Okay. So before I came to Red House, I was a member of another church in Richmond, and uh, I wanted to be the first among my friends to be a Christian because I thought it was cool. I was excited for it. Um, so well, uh, also another like motivator was I had heard a lot about hell. And I did not want to go there. So I wanted to be baptized before all my friends. And I also did not want to go to hell. So, it, yeah, two little parts to that. And that was when I was seven. Okay. Um, it was not really until my senior year of high school that it kind of hit me that all these stories that are in the Bible, like Jonah and this big fish that swallows them and spits them out in three days, um, that like God leading his people out of slavery by mm -hmm. a pillar of fire and pillar of cloud and like separating the Red Sea so a whole nation can walk through it. It didn't hit me that all of this was reality True, until yeah. senior year. That was the time in my life where the gospel really had an impact on me. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I would probably say that was when I was changed. Change, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I noticed a lot of times that young people children especially it comes out of desire you're scared you're going to go to hell yeah you don't understand really what that means to become a christian because it just seems mm -hmm. everyone else is doing it yeah so and sometimes we hear the stories and i know for myself you hear the bible stories so many times you're, you know the story of jonah and the well you knew the story of moses yeah all these they're, they're really cool stories but then sometimes 
we don't realize that they're reality, they're real. And then when you come to that knowledge, say, hey, that God that Moses served, that was a real God, that was a real story, and that's the same God we're serving today. It's like we don't put that together sometimes, connect that this Bible is real, this is real truth. You know? Yeah, uh, I think even as an adult, that's easy to forget, mm-hmm. too. That's why it's important to pursue God through His Word with your whole heart. Yeah. Which means like your highest desire is to know God, mm-hmm. right? So that, that means you obviously put your time, effort, strength into knowing Him. And, and like, if He's given us His into, Word. Yes, yes. And uh, of course, there's tons of benefits from reading His Word. Like, Well, first of all, it's like, his actual word. So we know truth mm-hmm. at that point. Um, like it's the path for our life. So it reveals who he is. Yeah. It tells us about God. Yeah. You know, we can look to creation and it reveals, you know, there's a creator, but we get to actually encounter that creator as we're reading his word, yes. as it comes to reality yes. in our lives. I want to ask you a little bit, you're a Christian college student. Now you go to EKU. Yeah. Uh, you're involved there at the Baptist Campus, campus Ministries, is that correct? Yes, yeah. What's your experiences there on campus and around college student, students? What's some struggles they're facing now? What is some things that's happening that you would okay. that the church needs to be aware of, Christians should be more aware of? It? Yeah. So my, my, uh, my, my story is a little weird because I got involved on campus before I was a college student. Um, I, I, took, I took a semester off from school. And um, at that time, one of my work buddies invited me to a, a Bible study at the BCM. And um, that, that's where I got introduced to the idea of discipleship and to see and, and to truly see a community that was seeking God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Christian people who really wanted to yes, serve. Yes, that, that had a desire. But because in college, like, I have the freedom to choose if I want to go to church now. Right. I've been raised like under my parents' arms, and they're like, you're going to church, Jared, and now, now I have this freedom to choose. And you, as a young yeah. person, sometimes growing up, if, if it's for someone who went, to, like you, and I grew up going to church, yeah, sometimes it's just what what's expected of you, so that's what you do. You're expected to get up and go to church Sunday morning. You're expected to go to church. Sunday school will be a part of the youth group because that's what your family expects, the church expects. But it's not really a genuine faith where, hey, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And it comes to a point, I know I did in my life, where it wasn't just what was expected of me or what I should be doing because it was the right thing. It came out of actual that I had a relationship with the Lord and I wanted to serve Him out of yeah. a out of a heart of worship, desire to bring glory to Him, and not just oh yeah I'm going to church because that's the right thing to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like that kind of desire or motivation behind like going to to like ministry or like what whatever small groups Bible study that was very evident mm-hmm. in in the BCM. Um, yeah, I was reading a study from Lifeway that says sixty to seventy percent of Young people after the age of 18, if they grow up in church, they typically leave church during the college years. And I know he was talking about it earlier, but it seems like it's not a priority. Why do you think that's happening? What do you see? Is it on the church's end or on the young person's end? Or is it kind of both yeah. both people's fault, both parties' fault? Yeah. Um, I, I definitely 
do not see it as just one-sided. Um, yeah, the, there's aspects on both sides. Um, I, I think most importantly to understand is that the kid more than likely does not have a relationship with Christ to begin with. Because um, I'll pull this up. Like first, first John chapter two, it talks about um, a, a warning of people in the church mm-hmm. that that leave, right? And um, verse nineteen, it says they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. And like a, a Christian is called to endure to the end, right? And if if a kid is saying that he or she's a Christian as as a youth, that should continue there for, should be for a, the rest of your right. life. It shouldn't like, be like, I'm just yeah. a Christian. Then now I'm not a Christian anymore. Then it makes you think, well, was you a Christian in the first place? Yeah. And yeah. Then that well, falls back on the church to me saying, yeah. is it teaching children, that they are young people, that they actually need a relationship with the Lord? It's not mm-hmm. just... I'm a Christian because that's what's expected of me. Yeah, uh, and and even the point that the kids may not even know the f- whole gospel. Mm-hmm. They may have just heard John three sixteen that God loves you, right? But they may not understand their trespasses, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, it kind of goes back to having an understanding. Going back to Genesis one, having an understanding of God created a perfect world where humans were created in his image to have a relationship with him. Mm. But then sin entered into the world. So that's why we need Jesus. That's why we need redemption and salvation is because we're all sinners. But I know even it wasn't until later in life that I understood the gospel. Like as a whole, you always just look at John 3, 16, you look at the cross. But the, the good news is that Jesus came to redeem us and to save us. But it starts back in Genesis beginning where we see why we need a savior. What do we need Jesus for? And if, if we're continuing in our sins and, and if young people are leaving the church or even if people stay in the church but they're not having a genuine relationship with him, Jesus, that gospel purpose isn't being fulfilled in their lives because they're, they're not leaving sin behind. They're not leaving all those things behind and fo- truly surrendering, taking up the cross mm-hmm. and truly following uh, him. So I think it comes to making it a priority. We always talk about discipleship earlier. What does discipleship mean to you? What is how does that? How does that? How has that affected you? And how can the yeah. church uh, be more mindful about yeah. doing that? Okay. First things first. I think discipleship is the solution to that statistic um, of like all these kids being raised in the church leaving. I feel like so. So God seeks us with a very passionate desire. Like He wills all to come to repentance. He wants us to know who He is. He gave us His Word. Mm-hmm. He Like Jesus came, lived the life for us, like so we could be restored to Him. Like Jesus has such a passion for every person, okay? If church leaders, like yeah, people in church had that same passion for kids, it would be amazing. Like that, that's a very big look on discipleship is seeking others with the same passion that Christ has sought 
you. It's like Jesus yeah. was intentional in his relationships. Yeah. Jesus was so intentional. He he yes. he would go particularly to like the woman at the well. He would go to certain people to Nicodemus and said, you know, I'm coming to your house. Mm-hmm. He wanted to get involved with their lives and welcome them, and actually see them transformed and be involved with them. So you think it not just say the pastor or the youth pastor, but all Christians within a church who's adults, who's older, mature yeah. in the faith, yeah. they have a can play a part of reaching out to the younger people Every and beginning involved. Yes. Yeah. And can play a part. Sometimes we look at old and young and we yeah. say they segregate each other off and here's the young people and there's the old people. But there's not really any uh mixture of the two. Mm-hmm. But in Titus uh two it actually teaches that the the women and the men are supposed to be instructing and helping yeah. the, those coming up, the younger. Yeah. Teaching them from experience and from the word. So it seemed like it would be incumbent on all Christians to make sure we're, we're reaching out, we're, we're being compassionate on others. Yeah, definitely. Like the, the call to love others like you love yourself, it, it's important. <laughs> that, that's why it's the second greatest commandment. It's really important. Because you want, because yes. there's going to come the times when we want people to reach out to us. We want people to be involved with us. So why wouldn't we want to do that mm-hmm. for others? How do you think, though, for young people, a lot of times they get turned not saying turned off from Christianity, but they don't they don't like the idea of Christianity because it seems like they think, oh, it's going to prevent me from having fun. It's going to stop me from doing what I want to do. What, do you think that's yeah. coming from a, just a sinful heart? Or I, how do you think we can respond yeah, to that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can relate 100%. Yeah. Like many times in my life, um, I, I would just think, man, if I was not a Christian, I would do that. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, even as a Christian, there are plenty of things I want to do, right? And and just know that it's wrong. the the best The best thing that can be done for that is sound teaching as a child, and like being being disciplined as a kid. Well, whenever, well, whenever, um, like I was a kid, I would always. Anytime my mom took me to the store, I'd be, can I please have this candy bar? Please. I would scream. I would even cry sometimes. And like begging for this candy bar. And more often than not, I didn't get a candy bar. So I I did not get my way as a child. From a kid, I could, the seed was being planted in me that not everything I want is what should happen. Mm And um, I, I think you mentioned it earlier as we were talking in Proverbs. Like, yeah, if you're raised as a as a kid with sound teaching, you won't stray from it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I've I've seen that in my life. Just um, like the freedom that college has to offer, the parties, of course, it being one of the most prevalent. Um, I did have sound teaching as a kid. Like, I'm so thankful for Red House and for my parents that that definitely helped and i think it also like people who think oh christianity is holding you back mm. i don't know if it's necessarily holding you back but it comes if those who are really christians and some everyone fails everyone's going to fall sometimes everyone's going to sin sometimes and make mm. mistakes but not because oh it's just the right thing to do if we have a genuine relationship with the lord we're saying we love god and we know he loves us Mm. And we and I want to serve him, and I value my relationship with him above whatever else the world has to offer. 
we're going to make God supreme. But if we don't have God and, and see Christ as supreme and, and the most prominent as our Lord, as we say, we accept Him as Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. So we got to see Him as Lord of our lives. Then at that moment, then all everything else is going to seem uh, like, oh, it's so great and so wonderful to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think John Piper talks a lot about us finding fulfillment in God, and God is most glorified in us when we're fulfilled in Him, not saying we're getting everything we want, but yeah. when we come to a place of contentment where our, where our supreme joy, where our supreme... It's not us about us being happy. It's our joy comes from something that's not anything the world can yeah. offer. It comes with the actual relationship with yes. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and yeah, it, it's described in like Ephesians and Romans, the new creation. Is, mm-hmm. is what I think of. That the old has passed away. Your sinful flesh is passed away. I'm a new creation in spirit. Like mm-hmm. in Christ, I'm a new creation. Like with a new heart. Like Ezekiel 36, God's talking to Israel. Um, and he He says, I will, I will take out your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Like I am making you <laughs> have it, yeah. new desires. And I will pour water over you and to cleanse you, give mm-hmm. you righteousness. Like that, yeah, it's amazing to see the change. And discipleship has such a massive part in that. Like um, discipleship is the act of being disciplined, mm-hmm. right? Um, like Jesus rebuked his disciples. He turned away his his disciples when they needed that. Um, he told Peter, "Get behind me, Satan!" Because he was doing something he shouldn't have done. So, like Jesus corrected his disciples. He led them in all righteousness and understanding. And we need to do the same for children in the church, or I mean, any. Anyone in the church, yeah, I think everyone in the church. We're always growing. Yes, yes. We're always, need we're always growing. We, yeah. all, we all need this. And I think it starts yes. to like with Jesus being able to rebuke his disciples, point out when they're wrong. Mm-hmm. It started, though, that he had an actual relationship with them. Yeah. You know, if, if I see someone in the church doing something wrong and I don't know that person, I don't have a relationship with them, yeah. they're not going to take it very well if I just come up to them and point out something wrong with their life. But if I was built a relationship with that person and, and, and I knew them, they knew me, then they're going to take the correction a whole lot better. But if I just come and yelling at them and say, no, yeah. you're, you're, you're wrong, you're sinful, well, they're, going, they're not going to take the correction. Any. And sometimes like, we wonder, why aren't the young people listening? And it could be because we're not building, people aren't building relationships with yeah. them so that they'll yeah. give them an ear to hear. So they'll listen and, and become, say, oh, take them serious when someone talks to them and not just say, oh, that's just some body complaining about something. Yeah, and, and the, there's also a danger even in correction. In good things, mm-hmm. there's danger. We are called to be salt among the earth. Like We are supposed to have tongues filled with grace, graceful speech, um, which... Correction is an act of love, yes, but many, many people, um, adults and children, see that as a very like harsh thing, mm-hmm. candy. So if if our words aren't like seasoned with grace, 
Right, we have to be aware of what we're that correction saying, can be yeah. useless. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. also then it then it goes on the on the flip side, the person who's receiving the correct correction, even myself or you if someone does correct me, I have to be humble enough instead of automatically usually we like to respond, I never did anything wrong or mm-hmm. you know, mind your own business and we have a, a pride in us, arrogance where we automatically are gonna push back instead of showing humility and saying, Okay, God, if that's true, if, if something wrong is in my life, you go to the Word, you pray, and you actually examine your heart. Say, maybe something is wrong. Mm-hmm. Have humility to actually listen uh, instead of just automatically getting on the defense and saying, yes. no, pushing back. You know? Yes, yes. Uh, I think before, generally, before corrections should be made, um, encouragement also needs to be taking place. Because mm-hmm. you, you can correct people by encouragement, too. Mm-hmm. I can I can say to my brother like, hey, you're doing a great job staying away from this sin. Like, I want to encourage you to keep doing this because and like explain the importance of it. Like that that is correction too. Right. Yeah, it's pushing him in the right way. Uh, a lot of a lot of people also make that mistake of just pointing out. Just rebuking people instead of encouraging them to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely if there was ever a time, especially now, we, 2020 has been filled with uncertainty. Nothing felt really stable yeah. from the beginning even till now as we're looking at the presidential election. You don't mm-hmm. know who's going to be president. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I think if there was ever a time that churches needs to try to be reaching more people, the young people need the stability of being involved in church. Why do you think, in your opinion, why is it important to be a part of a church, to be connected uh, okay. with members of the church? Yeah. So Paul Paul writes a lot that the purpose is for, for other people and for yourself. Because everyone's given a spiritual gift. Just like I have different fingerprints than you do, mm-hmm. you've... A different, like, unique way of using your spiritual gift that I don't, um, that I do not have. Yeah, so church is made to be the application of those gifts and uh, obviously building up everyone um, to look more like Jesus Christ. But I'm a part of a campus ministry, right? right? We are doing that in that ministry. But that is so different than a church. Um, yeah, but because I, in, my, in my ministry, I only see people who are like me. And let, let me explain. It's like people who are my age um, with a desire for a degree so they could reach their goals in the future, right? There, there are many, many people my age who have already started their careers. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing them there. I'm not seeing the the widow um, in my campus ministry. I'm not seeing the orphan in my campus ministry. I'm not seeing I'm not seeing the uh, the family who's been plagued with COVID. Right. I'm not seeing them in the church. But, yes. but in the church, you're, yes. connect, you're exposed, I, I'm exposed to more people. To them in the church, um, and yeah. I think all that part helps in our growth knowing other people's struggles, knowing other people's burdens. And when you're all just around all the same people all the time, mm-hmm. 
you think you don't you aren't really exposed to that whole outside world. But when in a church, you have all kind of needs, all kind of problems, mm-hmm. and that's why I also think it's important in a church that we're not just having old people or young people that we have a mixture. It's not segregating yeah. each other off and saying, okay, that church is more modern, contemporary. That's just for young people. That church is for older people. Mm-hmm. The church is consist of people from every nation, every tribe, every tongue. That includes people from 10 years old to 100. Yeah. So that's, in, in heaven, that's what it's going to look like. Yeah. So here on earth, to me, that's, when we, when we go to church, we've seen a representation of what we're, our worship of God is going to look like mm-hmm. in heaven because we have a, a mixture of people. Yeah, it's so much more beautiful that way too. Yeah. Because that, that was the command to the disciples, go and tell Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Right. Uh, ev- everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's the blueprint for the church. And it, it's beautiful when it looks like that, when, when we can see that it lines up with the blueprint. Yeah, I think sometimes, though, it, in churches, there's a lot of, between older people and younger people, mm-hmm. there's a, there is divisions. Like, say, for music, for instance, the, the yeah. songs people sing, younger people tend to like modern worship music. Mm-hmm. Older, more seniors, for sure, tend to like hymns. And there's always a competition, like, oh, the hymns are bad or the modern music's bad. When I think as long as it's glorifying to God, as long as it's scriptural, as long as it's biblical, no matter what the beat it's being played to or whatever that is, mm-hmm. the old songs aren't wrong and aren't bad, neither are the new songs. And we should there should be unity on how we worship God. It shouldn't just be a division of saying, I don't like that song, or I don't like the way they're doing that. An old person or a younger person could say, mm-hmm. when it's not really a... It, it takes the attention off of Christ and this. We are Christ's body. The church is. Yeah, it's something Christ is our that head. I don't like. Yeah, right. Like, I do not like this. Instead, it's, it's not. It's not taking into consideration that this is glorifying Christ. Right. What's yeah. the purpose? Yeah. And churches to be recognizing Christ as our head, and to be looking forward to the day we actually see Him. In Acts, they talked about boldness, courage. Yeah. So we know we're serving God. We know who, what we're, the message we're bringing. And we have the Holy Spirit indwelling inside of us. We can go into the, all the world. We can go into our community and share the gospel, proclaim the name of Christ with everyone we encounter. And that comes from our words and our actions, I believe. Yes. Yeah, it, if we are not stewarding that desire in the church, it means we're, we're a little off focus. Well, I do thank you for coming on today and hope to have you back one day as we uh, learn more about what churches can be doing in our community and to serve young people and to serve and to uh, really reach everyone with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, We do thank you for listening in today. You can connect with us on our website at redhousebc.com. We are also on social media platforms as well. Uh, If you ever have any questions or comments, uh, you can go to our Facebook page, post them there, and uh, we'd be happy to address them. 